Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. So good to be with you. Hey, today is another day. Yep, it's a Tuesday. Are you feeling it? Yeah. Are you feeling it? It's almost Friday. It's another day. Here's the deal. It's Tuesday and it's almost Friday. I just, Tuesday. I don't know. I felt like it was. We're almost on the downhill slope to Friday. Yeah. Almost. I guess Not tomorrow quite. you can say it's hump day. And, you know, <sighs> that's just pitiful. It's the day because before hump day. We have a very, we have a great life. We need not look forward to Friday. Yeah. Tuesday's a great day. Yep. Tuesday comes right after Monday. A little bit better than Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Monday's actually better day. than Monday. Here's the deal. You guys, uh, now that Aaron's married, we can talk about this. Today yeah. we're going to be talking about separation. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Good timing. Great I don't know how timing. you got that, that assignment. But not just any kind of separation. I mean, separation, not like divorce, let's separate separation. It, it could lead to that. But also separation could be anything like just traveling. I've traveled a lot and was gone three days a week for many years. Uh, for some reason, my wife seemed to thrive. During that time, I do not understand. I thought she would fall apart. No, she was thriving. So separation uh, just because of travel. But what if you were separated because of military service? You got to go away for six months. That'd be hard. And actually during dating, even separation anxiety, that was a real thing at times. Just because it's probably because you're so infatuated. I was infatuated. You know, we all get to that point in a relationship at some point. But it made it hard to be away but I learned how to deal with that, I guess. Did it's you? just kind of interesting. Do you, do you, to... as a newly married man, could you imagine having to be away from your wife for six months? Um, that'd be tough. I never, that, for that reason, I never wanted to join the militaries because being away from future kids and the wife, it would just be crazy. You come back and she's like a year old, you know, or oh, something. Yeah. Well, that, I'm bringing like... this up because we have a new opening on the show. Where we're going to send one of you out for six months at a time. Oh. And a lot of people think it should be you. This is paid leave though, right? No paid. Oh, so volunteer six-month leave. Uh-huh. But Do I get your learning food? experiences will be phenomenal. Okay. Do Are we, we doing work? this a vote system that we get a vote for who goes? Just the three I of us. said it was uh, me. All was... in favor of Aaron. Oh, Raise your I'm hand. already gone. Oh, yep, that's, that's two of us. Okay. Okay. Looks like it's you, Aaron. Oh, by the <sighs> way, does Mike want to participate? He already raised his I, hand. I, I, Mike, I two, three, to, three to zero. Three, well, you didn't, yeah, you didn't raise your hand. I'll vote against myself just so it's... The we, vote's closed, Aaron. Okay. You can't vote oh, now. Okay. Dang. By the way, the reason we're doing the show on separation is because our very own Michael Pond, he left us for... What was I guess about three months, three weeks? Yeah, like twenty three days. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, felt like twenty four. Yeah, twenty four days, and um, we missed you, and so we wanted to do a oh, show. That's so cute, really? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Now we have to do a show about coping with with that loss. Well, that this separation. is this is good preparation because he's leaving in five days again. I know. Oh yeah, that's so right. So we're prepping for that moment. Yeah. So right now, those of you out there in listener land, uh, today's show, we're talking about separation. How do you continue a relationship, have your relationship grow healthy and strong while you're separated for whatever reason? 
military service. We've got a great guest today, PJ Feinstein, who's a blogger from the website, a girl named PJ.com. She's going to be talking to us about separation. Her husband is actually in the military, so she's going to give us some great ideas for what to do, you know, to keep the love alive and to stay connected. Uh, also, a little bit later, um, we're going to just talk to other experts. We're going to we're going to get into separation in every way, shape, or form. But here's the deal. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a pretty big deal. I knew that. Well, kind of a I, big I, deal. I, oh, yeah. I heard and it from that source. I, I'm a big deal. Yeah. And, but where I'm a big deal is I coach couples, and I have done it for like 13 years now, just coaching people wow. on their marriages. You're kind of a big deal. I'm a huge deal. And so on the show today, just as a little intro, we had, a, you know, we talked a lot last week about, you know, marriage and blended families and things like that. But we wanted to go into a little bit divorce. I don't know if you guys have heard this, bit. but it happens. It happens, uh, and you could, you probably know the statistics. Is that how you say it? I call it. Yeah. St- I say the statistics. Sta- the, the, yeah. The statistic is 50% or more. Matt, Mike it's, told me it's probably 51 or It's something. actually lower than that. It's, it's about 46%. Okay. okay. Established so on our we, show last we're improving week. as a nation, right? Yeah. Somehow. We're getting better. Now, second but marriages. That's pretty crazy. Second marriages without children, rate. 60% divorce rate. Okay. Seven, oh, second wow. marriages with children, 75% divorce rate. Wow. Huge. So we. It's, so that's we got to work on. Yeah. And this actually can, I think, relate to maybe while being married, if you're separated, uh, but you're still married for maybe a job or something, the lack of communication usually can destroy a marriage in those moments, which can lead to divorce or even just every day being together, coming home from work and not talking. And that's something I'm realizing is it's easier to sometimes brush things under the rug. Like I'll come home, maybe a little bit tired and not want to say how my day yeah. was going, not open myself up because I'm tired. Yeah. You're tired. But it's those little moments where you take that extra however many minutes to just catch up the things that are swept under the rug, maybe that I didn't know about or she didn't know about, we can talk they about. Can talk. My wife would always so. say in order to incentivize me to talk, she'd say a penny for your thought. So I've I've earned I don't know tens of thousands of dollars, a penny for a thought. I get paid one penny for every. Wow. And my wife thinks a lot. And Sean, <laughs> Sean's uh, wife's a thinker. And Sean's wife just thinks. Um, Mike, were you laughing about that? that no. Does your girlfriend ever say, "Hey, Mikey, penny for your thought"? No, I we communicate really well. I, I don't think we. We have that problem. And actually, Mike's thoughts are, are running at an all-time high. I think it's a dime for his thoughts now. Really? Yeah. yeah. You but, really have to pay the right. But let's be real. Mike only has two good thoughts a day. So just 20 cents a day. That's not unfortunate. Bad. That's more than I yeah. Solar energy and I can't even remember the other one. Uh, Tesla cars. Yeah. Um, so we have one dating, Michael, one married, Aaron, uh, James in a semi-committed relationship – with yeah. Maddie Richard. There you go. Yep. And then Sean and I just the old married, the old coots. <laughs> Thank you. And he's talking. Hey, but you guys it. did it. You know, how many years has it been for you? 23 Matt? years. And Sean? 23 years of wedded bliss. 17? 17. So you guys together are testaments yeah. to that it's possible. <laughs> There's party. a party horn. <laughs> <laughs> we brought that back. Yeah, well done. Uh, the interesting thing about. Um, Great job, man. <laughs> that was really That was you. live, too. That wasn't the nobody fake get Mike. nobody gets that joke, but that was you know we we recorded a lot of stuff. Mike said a lot of things that we recorded, and then we just use them in the show to pretend like Mike's here. You never know when Mike's actually speaking on our <laughs> show. <'cause> it could <laughs> be him live, but or that was really Mike speaking. Yep. Um, so divorce again. I'm a child of divorce. You know, it's not the best thing, but 
the reality is everyone's going to have trouble. So here's on the show what we're going to talk about. Every couple is going to have issues. And here's the good news, Aaron, because you were talking to me about how you guys never have issues. Um, the reality, <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, you did. Um, the reality uh, is, though, uh, you want to have issues. It sounds bad because we always want to avoid the issues, like you were saying, sweeping them under the rug. But you have to have issues because the research shows the healthiest couples have problems. Mm-hmm. They just talk about them. Oh, I totally agree. I found that out with more time as, as we've gone yeah. forward that arguing is not bad. It's a way to grow closer if, as long as you can get over it and it's you're both willing to maybe adjust for each other. That's right. So See, but that's the key. And so, yeah. you know, nobody needs to fear the divorce rate. It's all good. We're all friends here. We're friends? Fuzzy feelings. I like that. Thank yeah, you. That's a good point. We're all coworkers here. Oh, okay. Dang. We just co. Was almost to that friend level. I guess me and James. Well, you we guys friends, were roommates, right? Sure. We're roommates. Yeah. We're still friends. Yeah. My, anyway. Mike, when he, if he would stay yeah, here and not friend. leave, he'd be my friend. Mike's got a It's new a long friend, distance though. relationship. Yeah, that's true. So on the show today, we're going to continue this discussion, but we're going to get into separation. What are you supposed to do to keep the love alive, to keep the fire going in your relationships when you're separated? Distance, you know, absence should make the heart grow fonder, right? We'll check it out with our next guest, PJ Feinstein. She'll be joining us right after this break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about separation. Okay, now not not separation on the way to divorce, but being separated from somebody you love, right? You know, might just be they have to go away for an internship. Maybe they're starting some training somewhere else. Maybe they're in the military and they need to, uh, you know, they're being deployed. Separation, it doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship, the marriage can't work. Uh, again, I was talking earlier about the fact that I had a really good career traveling around, speaking a lot, and I would go for three days at a time, leave my family, and this was pre all this technology. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, couldn't just Skype it in, which would be fantastic. But you know, there's a lot of things we can do today to make sure that our relationships can still grow healthy and strong. In the midst of separation. And by the way, if you think this isn't a really big problem, one of my last um, consulting deals I did uh, when I worked for a company called Franklin Covey was I worked with the, the um, about 40 admirals from the Atlantic fleet. And I, I did some, uh, some meetings with them to talk about what was one of their biggest concerns in the military. Guess what it was? One of the things bringing the Navy to its knees is simply the fact that it's hard to keep families in the military because everyone's being deployed so long. So the military is having a hard time historically. I don't know if that's changed. They were having a hard time uh, trying to keep people in the military because, you know, if you're going to go away for six months, hey, guess what? It's hard. It's yeah, like hard. T- two kids pop out in that time frame, right? Well, if yeah, in six months. Or yeah, what? that's how it works, right? I was told the time frame's about yeah, three months. Yeah, no, you know, one, we, we've got, no, it's all right, three, it's all right, two. No, we've got some work to do. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're going to have to have a meeting. All right. Off air. Um, 
Anyway, today our guest is PJ Feinstein. PJ is a blogger, and she has a blog called a girl named PJ.com. By the way, PJ has multiple blogs. She's what we call a blogaholic. And she speaks fluent pop culture. She prefers to buy instead of do it yourself. And once had a style question printed in Lucky Magazine. She's partial to Dunkin' Donuts for coffee and Starbucks for espresso drinks. She finds shopping for shoes just as frustrating as shopping for jeans. See, this is obviously a writer who's, who wrote her own bio here. In 2007, she moved from New York City to Nebraska and she started a blog called Somewhere in the Middle of uh, Somewhere in Middle America to chronicle her transition from being a newly engaged girl living in Manhattan to a military wife adjusting to the Midwest. You know, since then she's grown um, a bunch of other blogs. She does a lot of writing. She's a freelance writer, editor, content creator. You got to go check out her website, a girl named pj.com. And PJ, welcome to the Matt Townsend show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here and so you're a mom and a military wife. Mm-hmm, I am. How many kidlets do you have? I have two kidlets. Um, well, three if you include the dog. Oh, yeah. My first, my first baby. Briscoe, um, by the way. Briscoe, yes. I have a three-year-old and a f- almost, oh, no, he is five months old as of Saturday. Oh, congratulations. Now, where's Thank your you. husband? I mean, is, is, he, is he away deployed or... He's not. He's actually, um, he's here now. He's been home for a while, for the longest he's ever been, so it's um, been really great for us. Um, and actually, I announced on my blog today that he will be separating from the military in two months, so we oh, have a big transition ahead of yes. us. Now, yes. You, now you're going to be with him all the time. All the time. Do you know how hard yeah. that's going to be? I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah. You, you, I'll, I'll send you a book. <laughs> It's a it's isn't it funny because we 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 miss them when they're gone and then when they get underfoot and they're always around you're like, "Oh, are you going to leave soon?" Well, there's definitely an adjustment period after a deployment because you get so used to doing everything by yourself and yeah. and and missing the person and suddenly when they're there all the time, it's sort of like Okay, now what do I do when I don't have to miss you? Uh-huh. <laughs> when now what would I do when I'm getting sick of you? Yeah, right. Now what are we going to talk about? <laughs> now what? Now we know everything. So talk about it. Um, with your husband in the military, How? what have you learned? What have you learned about being alone for longer periods of time and not having him around? Um, well, I guess, I mean, you sort of learn, or what I've learned is that I'm much stronger than I thought I was. You know, I really didn't think I would be able to handle um him being away, especially because I was living in the middle of Nebraska, well, right. the middle of the country in Omaha, um, but halfway around across the country from my family. Um, and I just, I wasn't sure that I could cope with this. I'd never um, actually known anyone in the military before I married him. Um, <laughs> Surprise. My, so- yeah, my family, like, we don't have any ties to the military, so this was a huge um you know, life change for, for me. Because it way. is its own culture. It's its own, everything's its own timeline. Your employer is your government. Uh-huh. There, there's a really big purpose to what they're doing. I mean, it's, yeah, he, yeah. And, yeah it's, and it's still like a regular job too at times. Right. I mean, when he's not deploying, he goes to base and he has, you know, a nine to five-ish type of job. Um, but yeah, he's he has a different, higher purpose <laughs> yeah. than most of us. Um but 
I don't know. I mean, I am, because I'm a writer, I guess, I'm also kind of an introvert. And so at times it was okay for me to be alone. I didn't mind it as much, but, you know, too much time alone, you get lonely. And um, I guess being apart forced me to find ways to, you know, interact with other people and maybe get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Do you think Um, your writing helped? I mean, it seems like there there would be just a great outlet for you, a catharsis almost, to just be able to write some of your feelings out. Oh, totally. And that's one of the reasons why I started my first blog. Um, and I remember back when he, you know, first started deploying, when it was just the two of us before the dog, before the babies, like, I would, I would be up till one in the morning writing because I had no schedule, you know, and, yeah. and it was a great you know, therapeutic activity for me to sort of talk about what was going on and in an honest way, hopefully to connect with other military spouses who felt the same way. I I actually, I recommend to my clients that are in the military that they maybe start a blog um, because you all of a sudden receive all this information from him. And I'll, and then a lot of times I found that the the other family members don't. So they call you, they ask you what's going on, and it, mm-hmm. it would always reboot that the poor wife who was left and lonely and yeah. just had had a baby. I mean, it's it's a, it's an intense thing. So I suggested put a blog together where you can do updates and everyone can just check the blog. Yeah, and it's empowering in that way. You know, like you're in control of the information and. And, yeah, you're not being bombarded with phone calls and repeating the same story, like, over and over again. Plus, there's sometimes there's just not a lot of information to report, you know, if yeah. your spouse is somewhere where they, they can't tell you exactly what's going on, and, and then everyone's calling you and asking you for updates and you don't have any. Mm. Um, it's just easier to direct them to the blog sometimes. How do you keep the love alive? I mean, you and especially with the military, they don't always have the best – I mean, they have great connections sometimes, but they don't always have as much – you know, time as much, you know, they, they can't always be there and constantly updating you with everything. How did you find you were able to keep the love alive? Well, I mean, I think Aaron said earlier, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Some, one of you said it, yeah. and it's true, it does. Um, and when my husband is deployed, um, we always, we try to speak as much as possible. Um, Skyping a lot, we didn't have FaceTime at first when we did that, and I'm not sure FaceTime would work, but, you know, just making these um, times to to communicate as often as possible, and, you know, those phone calls become really special dates Yeah, uh, where you just sort of start, you know, confessing everything, I mean, you know, about your your day, even little things, Um, and I think just going out of your way, little things, I would try and send care packages and cards, you know, things to surprise him. Um, but but it's true. I mean, being apart made me love him even more because the, the little moments we had on the phone were, you know, just enough to get me to the next one. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, yesterday we talked to somebody on the phone um, on the show about who had died and, oh, and then came back and has a healthy life now, but she, she talked about how that changed her whole life. I always see these couples I deal with that, I mean, I got into the same thing where, you know, you're, you, a lot of times your call in the middle of the day to your spouse is like, hi, hi, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah. How are things? Good. Okay. Talk to you later. Um, mm-hmm. But did, did you notice that the mere fact that he was across the world and maybe in harm's way, did, did that 
heighten the call at all? I mean, did it change that? Or oh, yeah. Or could it still get monotonous a little bit? No, I don't think – it definitely didn't get monotonous the way that our calls do now. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, hey, I'm on my way home, okay, you know, I'll start dinner or whatever. Um, because everything I did exciting during the day or even maybe not so exciting, I wanted to tell him about it because I wanted him to feel like he was part of my life you know, in the present um, and in person. So every little victory I had, every little um, – question or stuff, you know, sometimes I'd write things down so I wouldn't forget to tell him. Yeah. Isn't um, that interesting? Yeah. You'd actually make a note. I got to remember this. I mean, yeah. that, that's probably great advice for every spouse. There's yeah. stuff, there's just stuff we forget that happened in the middle of the day that we probably ought to, re- I mean, I can't tell you how many times my wife has turned to me and said, oh yeah, did you hear the flood we had today? Mm-hmm. Or did you hear the flood we had last week? Oh no. Tell me about the flood. But maybe we need to do that. Be very conscientious and write stuff down. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm talking about it, I'm thinking, yeah, I should do that again. Um, And plus, you know, he was doing stuff that he doesn't normally do at home. So he had exciting things to tell me. Um, And of course, fear, you know, I was worried for him all the time. So I wanted to, you know, know everything I could that was going on. So um, I had, you know, I was listening a lot harder. And um, it just seems more intentional. You were just more intentional. Absolutely. That's a great word. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with PJ Feinstein from um, the website, a girl named PJ.com. It's a wonderful uh, blog. I'd go check it out. Highly suggest it. And on it, just a bunch of ideas for how you can connect as a family or um, even as a spouse to the people in your life that you're separated from. Wonderful ideas. We're going to continue the discussion after this break. We're going to get some of her tips for how to communicate if they're not away in the military, even if they're just away on a trip. Uh, More with P.J. Feinstein right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about separation, keeping the love alive, keeping the relationship strong when you're separated from somebody. Uh, I have a son that is away. He's been. He will be away for two years. Two years without me. Uh, I'm so worried about him. But he's a year. He's a year's already passed, and we write him regularly. Write him every week. But you know what? I miss the dude. Miss him. Absence does make the heart grow fonder. We're very regimented in how we can talk to him. It's only through email, except twice a year we get to talk to him via Skype. And I'm telling you, that is game time. But I I think how powerful it would be. I I guess it would ruin him because if I had to talk to him, if I talked to him every day, it would probably ruin him. Right now he's just, you know, he just gets to enjoy life. Sure. Go to his work. He's mm-hmm. he's a missionary. So well, you don't want to distract him. That's it. That was the idea. See, but back in my day, I I wouldn't get a letter from somebody for weeks. I know the feeling. Actually, I would. I would never write a letter for weeks. I'd always get letters. Oh no, I wrote a letter every week. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
See, it's a different time. It's a different day and age. But, you know, sometimes they got boring. So they, oh, yeah. had, they had these airmail things mm-hmm. that you could just fold up. In oh, yeah. Three, oh, yeah. They had three different sections. Uh-huh. So one week I just wrote, I'm still alive, went in each section and mailed it off. Wow. I'm sure your mother loved that. Yeah. <laughs> My mom See, still has it. Our guest today is on the phone, PJ Feinstein. I'm sure she would love to just get a little air letter that just says, I'm still alive. Uh-huh. PJ Feinstein's joining us. She is a blogger from the blog, a girl named PJ.com. She is blogger extraordinaire, military officer, uh, the wife of a military officer, and uh, she lives in o- Omaha. And she just announced today that her husband's no longer he's he's getting out. Really? Yeah. PJ, welcome back to the Matt Townsend show. Hi, thanks. So he's gonna be around all the time. What would you do if all you got no communication, no Skype, no email, no nothing, you just received a letter in the mail that said, I'm still alive? Uh I'd like to say I think it's better than nothing, but I think I'd be more worried that yeah. if I didn't hear Yeah. From Why me. did he only write that? Maybe he yeah. lost his arm. Maybe yeah, he's, he's making him write that. Yeah. What? Ooh. Does somebody have a gun to his head? Yeah. Yeah. Now see, that's why you know why PJ. That's why you're the professional. The rest of us, we don't know what we're talking about. Oh, Teach yeah. us. What are some communication tips you've got for when somebody's spouse is away? How do we keep it exciting, energized? Whether it's a business trip or deployment, what are your tips? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, it's communication. Um, but it's it's harder when their your spouse is away. Um, I found that that for us, you know, having planned Skype dates, yeah, um, were so much better, made so much more sense than you know. Well, first of all, I couldn't just sit at the computer all day waiting for him to Skype me. That would be impractical. But um, you know, if someone tries to call you when they're on a business trip and you're in the car, or you're unable to talk, you kind of feel like. Maybe you're blowing them off because right. it's not a good time. So I think sort of planned dates, phone dates, um, or some sort of expectation that, you know, an email will be coming tomorrow, gives you something to look forward to. Um, and you, you could schedule these. I mean, it seems like, you know, we schedule a doctor's appointment, and amazingly yeah. we get those done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just it's a little harder to be spontaneous when you're when somebody's away mm-hmm. and so i think the best way to combat that is is to plan it and to look forward to it and, and don't then you in think... the meantime you could oh sorry you oh, could, no you go ahead like we said earlier you could sort of think about the things you want to talk about so when the time actually comes to you know be on the phone or write an email you're not just sitting there like uh now what do i say right the principle behind it seems like you ha- it's work, right? So if you want to grow a relationship, you- there's work involved. You have to plan it. You have to prepare for it, anticipate it. It seems like if you just wing it, you're actually more likely to just fall away and to not have it happen and to, and, and to not keep the love alive, which would all make sense. And we could always use the excuse, well, he was deployed. But in the end, it doesn't matter because your relationship's still going to suffer. Yeah, and I think if you don't, sort of plan ahead and you don't have it a little bit structured, you you risk forgetting to tell him something or, you know, forgetting forgetting something and yeah. then you get stressed out afterwards because, oh my gosh, I forgot to mention this or I forgot to ask this important question and now I don't know, you know, I have to wait two more days till I hear from him. And, you know, that's just added stress on top of the fact that the person you love is already away. That's right. No, that's totally right. And um 
the, one of the ideas, I guess, too, is if the date falls through, what do you do? Just redo it? Reset it? Yeah. I mean, hopefully there's communication after, you know, like there's an explanation or at least there's not always a good explanation if, you know, the person on, that you're trying to reach is on the other side of the world, you know. Yeah. And, and they're not always, it's not their free will when they could maybe call you or Skype, but you just, I guess, reschedule it and... It's it's a bummer, of course. Yeah, but, but you just keep you got to you know move to the next day. It's like a bank account, though, really, um, where every call is just another. You know, you're just adding more to the bank account, and there will be times where, you know, your wife is on a business trip and has to go to this dinner party, and she can't have the call that you were expecting, and you know, okay, so we did, that's just a withdrawal. We just we lose a little money in the account, but we'll catch her later and we, we put more money in. But I guess that's the idea is we have to keep putting money in. You have to keep investing and planning and preparing and not hope to just wing it. Right, right. I guess that's true too with your kids. How did you how do you keep your kids involved? I I sit there and think of some poor, you know, officer or anybody, enlisted person who's away in the military, they just had a child and this person may miss the best, you know, the first year of their child's life. How how have you been able to keep your children connected to their dad? Well, I've been lucky in that my my kids weren't old enough to really realize that their yeah. father was gone. I mean, for a long time, it was just one of them, you know, one son. Um, but my husband did deploy when our son, our first son, was about three months old. He was gone for, um, I think he was supposed to be gone for two months, and he actually got to come home a little bit early. Um, and that was extremely hard for him because, you know, just leaving his child. Yeah. Um, but again, like, thank goodness for Skype and, and the blog. He, you know, would follow along on the blog um, because he didn't always have a great internet connection. So, um, but when he could, he could, you know, see the pictures I posted. Um, and I guess, you know, I tried to, to keep him updated on milestones, not that there, there were that many of them at that time, but but I also didn't want to make him feel like he was really missing it. Right. Yeah, you didn't want to make him feel guilty, like, oh, you missed a good one. He took his first steps. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. But, right. you know, obviously there are parents who are gone when their kids have these huge milestones. And I think it's just trying to make it as real for them while they're away as you can through pictures and stories and stuff. Again, that's the technology. We we have such an advantage right now yeah. where you can you can actually capture everything. You can capture videos. You could post everything to YouTube. You could have a blog and capture so many things. I mean, I just think of what a great gift that is, uh, you know, for grandparents, for example, whose children live away, to mm-hmm. see all of these things that are archived and to be able to connect through, you know, through technology. I, I, we really are living at a a very blessed time. And, you know, I guess there's still the single parenting thing. I mean, you're still the single parent. Your yeah. nights are still lonely. You yeah. can talk and say goodbye, but you don't have somebody to get up in the middle of the night to go take care of the kids. No, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, It's not fun. Um, and it's definitely lonely. Um, you know, when my husband is away, I the dog sleeps on the bed with me. Yeah, you bet. Normally sleeps on the floor, and, and I keep the TV on all night just in case I, you know, wake up and it's not so quiet and, and oh, interesting. You know, lonely. 
I mean, it's different now that I have two kids and one of them, you know, I'm still nursing in the middle of the night, so I'd probably be up, I don't know, I can't even imagine if my husband wasn't here to help with that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you, you adopt, adopt different routines when yeah. they're gone to make it easier to cope. And that, that's interesting, too. And then you have to – he comes back and we have to reintegrate. And that's one of right. the things I see a lot with the, the those returning from deployment. We, we sit down and we spend a lot of time giving them new rules, giving them new ways to reconnect, to, uh, to actually relearn what's going on. And maybe not just assume we're going to go back to where we were because right. if you've had a child and you've changed or you've finished a degree or something different has happened – you know, we've got to actually start anew. Right, totally. And if you have kids, you know, especially young kids, every time you're gone for deployment, you know, they've learned something new. Their schedules are different. They're eating different foods. They're sleeping at different times. And it's a lot of teaching, you know, your husband or spouse yeah. about the way your life has changed when they're gone. So true. Oh, man, my, I'd come home and my wife would look at me like, because I'd be on my own schedule. And mm-hmm. she had everything in sync. Everyone yeah. was working together. One complete unit and then me. And she just would look at me like, yeah, don't. Just right. conform. Conform. Right. This is how we do things. This, this is, is how we do things. Yeah, this right. is how we do things in the house, in our house. <laughs> so shush and just fall in line. Yeah, get with the program. <laughs> I was never in the military, but I, I felt like I was in a loving way. Yeah, but it, it, the the reality is that it was that was her domain. That's where she she was dominating. She was good at it. Um, so I guess when he comes back, you had to reintegrate and figure out a way to you know get him on board. Yeah, I mean, I remember there would be times where he'd be like, "Oh, by the way, it's you know Friday. You have to put the garbage out." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know that. I've been doing it for months. Like, <laughs> you know, I've been taking care of all this stuff. I I know how to do it." It's interesting because like you, you. I'd like you to do it now that you're home. Yeah, <laughs> you should have just said. Actually, you get to take the garbage out. Right. Welcome home. Welcome home, honey. It's garbage day. <laughs> but but and then sometimes a gentle reminder too, right? That yeah, you have roles here. Maybe that's a great thing to talk about. Is and we can um, do this. We can take a break and come back. But maybe we ought to let's get into the subject of um, how do we set new roles, new boundaries, or at least reinstitute or renegotiate, because some of that is, that's the key. If they're going to go away, they also have to come back. Let's figure out what our new roles are, our boundaries, and those conversations. So be thinking about that, PJ, as we take a break. We're talking to PJ Feinstein, who uh, is a blogger on the website, agirlnamedpj.com. She's helping us deal with separation when we're away from our loved ones. And by the way, grandparents, this can be just as much you. You could be out there, your kids moved away, they're going away to school, they're raising your grandkids in another state. What can you be doing to make sure we don't, uh, you know, lose too much in the separation? This is the Matt Townsend Show. More on separation and how to find uh, the good as we go through that right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about 
separation. When you're away from somebody, how do you keep connected? How do you keep the relationships alive? We're talking with the, uh, one of our blogger friends, PJ Feinstein's joining us. She has a website called a girl named PJ.com. She really, she's an incredibly great writer. And one of the things, um, PJ, I wanted to ask you about, because not only was your husband deployed, so you had to learn to kind of do the distance relating, but you also, you left New York City to go to the plains of Nebraska. <laughs> so you left all your family and friends. How do you stay connected with them? Um, well, that's, um, I mean, I guess the same way through... Well, okay, not as much through the phone because I'm not really a phone person, um, except with my my family and my sister. Um, but a lot of it was the blog yeah. at first. Um, and um, when my husband was away, um, was deployed, I would try and plan trips either to go back out there or, or some of them would come out here to Omaha to see me. Um, but it's it's hard work. Staying in touch is hard work. I mean, that's the deal is it's work. And yeah. anybody that thinks it, separation, I think, is a trial for a relationship. But I also think it's a great opportunity. And it, it is there's a lot of cool stuff that can happen if you're intentional about it and um, and use the separation as a way to actually get closer and, and maybe more attuned, more uh, connecting, almost let some of some of the absence in so that you can create a, a different spirit with each other or it'll just eat you it'll eat you alive right um i have to say like you know thinking about it now i i put a lot of intention into communicating with my husband when he's gone and communicating with my friends and family when he's gone and probably not as much you know intention when when things are back to normal yeah no i think with, that, with yeah. everyone no i think <laughs> you're right on it's it, it really is a, it's a weird opportunity and it seems like that's that's kind of how life hands you all of these relationship opportunities is you didn't know you'd go to Nebraska. Not at all, no. And yet, now that he's done with the military, I guess everyone would assume you'll go back to New York, but you may end up somewhere else. Do you have plans on that? Well, we always talked about, you know, what happens when, when he's out. And, um, you know, my husband is he's in the military because he wants to make a difference and, you know, make the world a better, safer place. And um, he'd love to be able to put what he's done, use the skills he's learned in, in another capacity, whether related to government or contracting or right. things that are beyond me. Yeah. So we always thought, you know, the D.C. area yeah. makes sense. And I did live in D.C. for a short while after college and um, would be happy to go back there. But you know, the world is kind of our oyster right now, and, and that's a little bit scary because we could go west and <laughs> go, <laughs> go west. to California. That's right. Um, but, but we want to be close to family. We've realized that now, and so California is most likely not going to happen, and it will. My family is primarily in the New York area, and, and his is in Ohio um, and Georgia, so we'll probably go somewhere where we can be close to them, closer to them than we are now at least. You just need to make a lot of money so you can travel. Of course, yes. I mean, just make, just tell him that. I mean, he kind of owes you that. He owes me that, of course. And, you know, I'll just become this big-time blogger. Yeah, and huge blogger. I travel the world. I'll get, I'll get sponsored. People can just send me places to that's, visit my family. That's exactly right. So, by the way, to do that, everybody go to a girl named PJ.com, and we'll start a fund. 
yes. a travel fund for PJ. A travel fund to see my family. <laughs> but it, it really, I think it's so important. How many times, I just, I've seen it so many times where you see these officers, or I mean, just these, the military personnel coming back and they're the most incredible reunions ever, mm-hmm. you know, and, but what you kind of fail to remember is that that's a beautiful moment. I'm sure that's incredible to watch and be there live. But how many days you were alone? How many days you had to put the children to bed without help? How many days you worried? I mean, a lot of that, there's a lot that's transpired uh, in between the, the, the wonderful farewell and the wonderful hello. Yeah, well, I I don't think it's ever a wonderful farewell. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, huh? It's a it's an ugly, crying, you know, mess. Farewell. <laughs> yeah, um, but the the reunion is is wonderful. It's almost surreal. Yeah, and you feel like you're on your honeymoon again. Um, but and just that, just that is that's good science right there. We we just we need to give every every couple needs to have a separation, and we need to send them to Afghanistan. <laughs> and you do that for how long? How long is his average deployment? Um, the what with what he does, they were gone for two to three months. Oh wow, that's a I mean that's faster a than a lot, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean there's there's um, military personnel who are gone for six months to a year, and yeah. and his his um, squadron and. They were gone for about two months, but sometimes they would be gone two two times a year, three times a year. Ugh. So it was shorter, but they were more frequent. Well, I think I think it's I think it's powerful. What um, what do you do? Are your are your parents very into blogging? Do they read your blog? Oh yeah, they read my blog. They comment. You know, my mom signs it, Mom. Does she? <laughs> Her comments. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So um, do, is that how they keep up with your kids as they're away from you? We actually, uh, we FaceTime with oh, my you? family. Oh, with, that's so great. With both of our parents all the time. You know, like, like you said before, technology these days has is, is just changed everything. Um, because now when we FaceTime with them regularly, several times a week, and when we do get to see them in person, they're not strangers to my kids. Yeah. Um, they have a relationship. My children know what their grandparents look like. Um, it's really amazing. That, that, again, I guess is a just a a need that parents, grandparents, you can't let this technology pass you. You have to, you're going to miss losing out on your kids, your grandkids, because it's now you can just hand your kid the phone and say, go FaceTime grandma. And oh, yeah. they could and go. Sure my three-year-old knows how to do that. Isn't that amazing? Enough. That's so cool. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's frightening. <laughs> well, I mean, it totally is, especially if she's calling, not, if she ends up not calling grandma. Right. Now, who is this? <laughs> Why do you keep FaceTiming me? Hey, as we, we, we only have about a minute left, talk to Just kind of wrap it up for us, PJ. What would you say is the number one key for anybody who's trying to keep a relationship alive long distance through separation? I would say plan dates on the phone. You know, plan to send emails. Um, be intentional when you're talking to the person. Maybe think in advance what you want to say to them and you know, miss them yeah. because, because then when they're back, then it's even better. Well, again, it's, it is, it's like honeymoon again. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We all need more of that. We all need more of that. It's it's easy to be angry when they're away, but that doesn't, that doesn't help anything. doesn't serve it, does it? No. You're just angry. And then by the way, it makes for a really awkward conversation. Yeah. 
you don't want to waste the time you have talking with them being angry about it. Well, PJ, beautiful job. I think, seriously, uh, and thank your husband for his service. And thank you him. for your service, because uh, that's it. Every Everybody that stays home is just is giving just as much as those that are giving and well, going out. You. I appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate you. And everybody, go check out the website, agirlnamedpj.com. That's the blog. She's got, she's, she's, uh, she's uh, addicted. She's, <laughs> you're addicted to blogging. You've got a lot of good stuff to offer. Thanks again, PJ. Well, we're out of here. We're taking a break. When we come back, more fun, more excitement right here on the Matt Townsend. We're going to show, we're going to continue this discussion about separation more in just a minute. afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we've missed you in that little separation, but welcome back. Today's show, we're talking about separation and how, you know, when you're away from somebody, if you're not careful, you may forget who they are. We're talking like oil and vinegar here? Yeah. Do you remember when Jimmy Pond came back? I meant, what's his name? Who's the guy? Pond? I don't know. Pond. Uh, Michael. Scum. Mark? Oh, yeah. Mark Pond. Mark. When Mark Pond left, we used to be best friends. Uh, us and Marcus Pond. Are we still not best friends? No, you're back. I'm I'm back. I'm alive and well. Yeah, but when you were, this, this isn't recorded. When you were gone for three weeks, twenty three days, was it three weeks? Yeah. Uh, I felt like I and you never contacted us. You never talked to me. You never you never called in. You never like sent me a card. You, you never don't even bring me flowers. I just felt like I lost you, and so that's why we're doing the show on separation. Because I feel like I've lost you. That's why we're calling you Mark Bond. You, I feel like it really has affected our relationship. Yeah. But but nothing we can recover from. Nothing we can't recover yeah, from. Well, yeah. <laughs> we can I recover mean, from you, it. If you want to. No, I, I, I do. In fact, that's why, again, I just want to just tell you, don't leave us again. Because you're important. Matt, thank you. <laughs> Guess what? What? He's leaving in two. You know, Are you kidding? Week. I'll be back. But I'll will be you back. call this time? Yeah, I'll call. I'll I bet call you this called time. your no. girlfriend. He's taking his girlfriend this time. Don't tell anybody. I think everybody just heard that. Okay. Um, anyway, today's show, we're talking about separation. We got the whole gang here. Mark, James, <laughs> Sean and I. <laughs> anyway. Well, Maddie's not here. So but... talk about – yeah, Maddie's gone. Um, talk, talk about Sean – you you have a little, I guess, test for us? Marriage. What are you going to do? Well, that's later on. Oh. No, it's right now, well, I you, I had a father in the military. You know what it's like to be a military brat. Yes. You know what it's like to be a brat. Well, that too. Military aside. <laughs> yeah. I don't need no military to make me a brat. So you, but no, I you still, traveled all over. Uh, well, we spent a lot of time in one place, actually. Oh, it did was, you? It was, it was in, very interesting. Um, I do remember being, my dad was stationed in Hawaii. Oh, wow. That's um, tough. I was four. Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember a whole lot, but I do remember living in, in military housing in Hawaii. 
Um, but then we moved to California. Do you remember when they took that picture of you in the grass skirt with the <laughs> coconut shells? Uh, actually, my mother and father do have a picture of me in a grass skirt. With coconut shells? No. They always do that. <laughs> they do that. No, we are on a beach, okay. and I am in a grass skirt, and so is my sister. <laughs> I'd pay fifty bucks to see you get in a grass skirt. Not right now. Not a chance. That's easy money. <laughs> Mike, no. do you have a picture uh-uh. of you in a grass skirt with I, uh, coconut shells? I do not, unfortunately. Yes, <laughs> oh, yes he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but, so we moved to California. Yeah. But my dad was still in the military, um, and he stayed in the military for another fifteen years after that. Hmm. But we were lucky enough. He stayed at uh, Moffett Air Force Base in uh, the Bay Area. It was just a little bit south of San Francisco. That's great. He went to different squadrons that were still on that base. Was he deployed out? Did he go Oh, he away? got deployed a lot while we were there, yes. So you grew up with your dad being gone quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. There were, I mean, there were were There would be times he would be gone six months out of the year and then wow. be home for six months and then be gone another six months. Yeah. So I remember growing up with that and... Um, my mom having to deal with it. My mom worked as well. Ugh. So I became a latchkey kid during school. Yeah. Yeah. You know how that is. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. But see, that's my absence was just, I just missed my mom during the day. Right. But you'd have no dad at home for six months. Exactly. And then he has to come in and uh-huh. supposedly regain power and authority. He did. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> well, he was military. It wasn't yeah. that difficult. Because that just seems hard. Then... It, I don't know. It seems like you'd lose you'd lose your positioning. Like you'd be moved no, to number four. No, we don't. We, I mean, and it was tougher. We didn't have the internet. Yeah, back in oh, the seventies. Yeah. That's right. When that was you, going did you, on, you didn't even have pencils. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. No, we had to sharpen coal. We had to rub a rock. Yeah. But no, I remember writing letters to my dad. You know, we didn't communicate by every now and again. We'd have a phone call, a letter. Well, that's yeah. how you went on an LDS mission. I went on an yes. LDS mission. We all and and that was all letter writing. Oh, definitely one phone call a year. Two. You got two. Well, you got Mother's Day and Christmas. I didn't. I did. They didn't let me call at all. I wasn't allowed to call. Well, yours was actually you not. You weren't doing a mission. You were <laughs> telling what you were doing. Oh, oh, I was your, serving my time. Your for time. Two years. You yeah. were doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally different. Yeah. Totally different. No phone calls. We won't even tell what state it was. Okay. Thank you. But I it was that. at San Quentin. Michigan? <laughs> no. Both. No, I know where San Quentin is. Been yeah. there. Been there. You have? <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, do you yeah. have a story where you went away? Well, other, uh, when, other than prison. <laughs> other than prison. Well, a non-prison story. That was my biggest story, but I guess if I have to share a different one. But uh, more recently, we've had kind of the separation in my family just as everyone uh, has parted their ways. You know, I come from a pretty big family. I'm yeah. one of eight kids. Holy yeah, cow. Exactly. And so uh, we're all, you know, really tightly knit yeah. family. And so everyone kind of moving out to different locations has been really kind of a paradigm shift for my family. You know, I've got family right now, brothers and sisters in Arizona, Nebraska, Kansas, Idaho. We're everywhere. And so just seeing how we've been been trying to cope with that and and has has been interesting. So what we decided to do is every week on Sunday, Sunday evening, we have a Google Hangout where everyone gets on. Oh, cool. And we, yeah, we spend some time with each other, give each other an update on what's going on. Is that, is that a, that's text. That's not, it's not a video Mm -hmm. hangout. It's a video chat. It's a video chat. Oh, it's a video chat. So everyone can be on and. 
They yeah. can all hear each other. And yeah, so everyone's on at the same time, and, and it's great. So we can hear what's going on in everyone's lives. And That's we, awesome. We even like did a kind of a book club. So we, we at the beginning of the month, we assign a book. Everyone goes and reads it, and at the end of the month, we – are we, you serious? We talk about it in the That's hangout. really cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. It's nice you have those recorded things from Mike. That was yeah, that yeah, almost exactly. seemed like Mike was here. <laughs> no. That's but, really cool. But what's what think about that? That didn't ever exist. So now it's so great cuz as a grandparent, I don't even need to invite you all over. No. We can just have a hangout, a chat, hangout yeah. and you just Then the house doesn't get messed That's up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Get your own food. I'm exactly. not feeding everybody. Well, well and, I, uh, sorry, and I, I've really seen that in my own family because my my mom and my dad just recently moved to Kansas. This is about two or three years ago, and that actually hit my mom really hard. I bet you know, because she she How was many so are used home. To, um, one, my little sister. Oh wow, yeah. that poor girl. <laughs> She's getting all this attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. She can't get away with anything. Well, and she wasn't close to anyone, and so and so that was really difficult for her being separated from all of my siblings. Yeah. You know, and so this is just one way we've been able to reconnect and, and share experiences with one another. I love that. Mm-hmm. I have friends that play video games with their brothers. They all go on to a shared video game, yep. and they all yep. play, kill each other. They work as a platoon, and they go out and they kill the world. Well, I also remember growing up, not only did I get separated from my dad because of his deployment, but we were like one of only two of my mother's siblings that moved away from home. Oh, you were the, the whole family the, lived the black in Omaha, yeah. actually, just where, oh, where PJ's from. Yeah. yeah. And so they all, you know, they would all have Sunday dinner together and things like that. And we were always in California. So every reunion, you came back no, like the prodigal child. We couldn't afford to go to the reunion sometimes. Oh wow! Every now and again, we'd we'd travel back. But yeah, isn't that? But it was it was it was always be it was always weird thinking. So why why do we live away from everybody else? Yeah, but see, sometimes like that happens where the small towners, one parent moves out and they go live in the big city, mm-hmm. and and then you go back. Why didn't we? Why didn't we just live here with it? And then and you spend a week there, and you're like, that's why. And I have you the move same, away. I have the same kind of guilt right now because my wife's parents live in Ohio. Yes. And so they don't get to see the grandkids uh, all that much. That's true. And so, it's hard. It's it's not like you could always have enough money to just keep flying ex- back and forth. Exactly. Well, we drive an RV, but that's, you know. <laughs> well, even worse. <laughs> I know. You may as well push an airplane. <laughs> That's no, a lot of gas. There's a lot less work in driving the RV than there is in pushing the airplane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It seems about the same because you have to empty your sewage. <laughs> That's not that hard. That gravity it. takes care of that. Thank heavens for gravity, by the way. You got that right. <laughs> well, um, again, separation. It's it's not going away. And yet the world is kind of shrinking, it seems like, through technology. So hope you're learning some really uh, interesting things. I mean, I didn't even realize you could do the Google Chat. Is it called Google Chat? Google Hangout. Hangout. Google Hangout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's how hip I'm not. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. Your parents are They're here. all there. Your They're all here. Your kids are here except for the one on the mission. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. They're all just one click away. By the way, so also are all of my son's cute, my little 12-year-old son's, 11-year-old son's cute girlfriends. Oh. Who FaceTime me about 44 times a day. <laughs> Somehow we've connected identities, and now they FaceTime me. Yep, there you go. So if they're out there listening, stop it. Just stop it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue the discussion about separation. Julie K. Nelson's going to be joining us from a spoonful of parenting.com. She's going to coach us through uh, more uh, tools to help make our relationships thrive. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
friends, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we've been talking about separation, right? So when one parent has to be away from the family, like in James's case when he went to the big house, or um, when a parent goes away to military service and they're deployed, or if you have a partner that has to travel and go stay in another state to work and they come back. A lot of people are doing that now with those um, with the oil uh, the oil rigs and working in the oil in the Dakotas. A lot of dads will go away for a while, moms will go away, and they come back to, you know, hang out. So, here's the deal. Julie K. Nelson. She likes the K. Julie K. Nelson is joining us. I don't know if you remember, Julie, because it's been, it's been, what, three weeks since you've been on. I don't know why. I think you've been busy being a mom. We, yeah. call, you, we call you the bomb mom. That's right. The child whisperer. She's a mother of five children. More importantly... Then that, she's the bomb. <laughs> and that's what she likes us to call her. Well, I like this topic today, Matt, because um, I grew up with, uh, well, my husband, um, his parents were career military. Were they? So you yeah, get this. firsthand. And uh, so he had a father who was gone a lot, serving the Vietnam War. Wow. And uh, so he grew up under that culture, and I was in the same town with him. And so we grew up together, and I knew about his family, and now we're married. His parents, again, after being retired, went back to do a service with for the military, and they were service, uh, they were military relations at Fort, huh. St- Fort Stewart in Georgia. Yeah. And chaplains in the hospital, so they just did a year of that. Came back, and so I've seen a lot of firsthand. You've seen it, and they taught um, down there in Fort Stewart. They taught a lot of marriage classes. Um, they for, did, yeah, because which it, is your forte? Yeah, so I I, I expect I recommended my book, Fighting for Your Marriage, because yes. it was based on military. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. that's a great book, Fighting also, for Your Marriage, and also um, How to Avoid be, uh, Falling in Love with a Jerk. Yeah, I, I use both those books in my class. So really? yeah, they're Why both did you look at me? Based. You kind of looked at me weird. <laughs> when, when I said the word said jerk. That. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. So I like this topic. It's a great one, and it, it applies to anyone. If you're a truck driver out there and you're on the road a lot, um, or any kind of separation, these are some ten, ten tips I'd like to give parents today. But like, it's apparent because if if I'm the mom and my husband's out driving truck, mm-hmm. we still have to raise these kids. Yeah, and here's my. I'm going to now expose myself. When my husband's on a trip, I'm like, oh yes, I don't have to cook anymore. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> it's just going to be. Is he the mac only one that eats at your house? Cheese. I'm like, if he's home, I'm going to make a dinner. You yeah. know, but if he's not, okay, kids have popcorn, whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever. We just kind of like <laughs> relax. <laughs> Who you wants know? an apricot? <laughs> Mama's making we, apricots we just, tonight. We just, funny, because I just came from making apricot jam. I could smell it. That's why you said apricot. I was like, I know it was. I'm I like, know. something Gosh. smells like apricot. It's got to so, be you. <laughs> it's subliminal. You could smell yeah, it. Yeah, I could totally smell it. So, uh, you know, you just kind of let go and let loose. Yeah. But really what happens needs to happen is routine. Number one is keep the routine going because yeah. when any time there's a, a turmoil in a child's life, whether the d- parents gone to military, they, the divorce, a death, on the road – Kids thrive on routine. Yeah. And they, they feel that there's some kind of semblance of order in their life, even though there's disorder everywhere else. So keep the routines going. Have and they, bed, they bed, need it more than you may. Yeah. They need bedtime tucking in. They need to have yeah. some meals together. They need to have you there at certain key points of the day so they can count on that you're, these other things are going to be the anchor in their day That's great. where it's not falling apart. Because, and, and that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And maybe when dad comes back, keep the routine. Absolutely. That's one of my other points. So, yeah, routine number one. Number two, open communication. Um, and I'm sh- you're sure your former guest talked about this, how she talked about Skype date nights. Yeah. So keeping those uh, open communication and having um, not just for your own relationship and love love 
uh, a love fest over Skype, but also talk about parenting issues so you're on the same page. Uh-huh. This is what's going on in our kids' lives so they are aware and they're part of their children's life rather than kind of gatekeeping and keeping him away from the issues of the day because yeah. he needs to know or she needs to know totally. what's going on in the nitty-gritty so he can address those when he talks and to the kids. And one shouldn't be the good cop and one the bad right. Like Don't only have, okay, you're going to talk to your dad on Skype now and he's going to have to Yeah, get you. and here's another point. The military in, in particular teaches you this uh, incredibly authoritarian style. I mean, it's dictatorship time, right? Yeah. But your home is not boot camp. So don't come and bring home the drill sergeant right. and, you know, and feel like you're these these little guys are, you know, th- your little servants and say jump and they have to jump and say right. salute. Yeah. You know, there's at no at ease salute because the military will ingrain a parent. I've seen this over and over again, that they take home that same style and then they grind their kids into the ground. Yeah. So you need to have a balanced uh, style and come home and parent with love rather than force. Love it. And coercion. So, yeah, absolutely. So open communication also means that talk to your children about their feelings, about their parent being gone. If they feel sadness, loss, whatever it might be, because there's this ambiguous loss going on. Uh, they're, they're gone, but they're not really gone. Right. And so talk to them about because and then say things like you know I really don't like it either when when mom's gone or I don't know where dad's gone the road or he's serving it's scary to me what if he doesn't come back yeah. you know there's always that chance he might get hit on the road you know driving a truck or, or out in the minefield so talk about how you're scared too and then the child doesn't feel like they're alone with their mm-hmm. fe- these feelings well and, and otherwise when would they talk about it yeah I yeah. mean and that's kind of your role plus if you're the parent that's away, you can always bring that up. So tell me how you feel about me being gone. This has been a long trip. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, or after, you know, three weeks of this, say, you know, mom's really tired of this. Are you feeling – I'm really sad about this too. I'm – you know, then acknowledge their fears and their uncertainties. So, that's great. Absolutely. Number three, give them some physical objects. You know, before dad leaves or mom leaves, give them something that's a token of who you are. Mm. A hat, um, you know, kind of a security blanket type thing. Um, it could be something that smells like you or – $20 bill. Yeah. <laughs> I used to just get a $20 bill from my dad. There Gosh. you go, son. Not, not, on not sentimental at all. Yeah, no. Something that's sentimental, an object, something that you like to do together, some kind of a hobby you might share. Have them, you know, hang on to those things. Hey, I've seen, this is so cute. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen the dad that travels a lot takes, it's just a little uh, toy. Mm-hmm. And he takes pictures with the toy. And takes pictures of the toy all over all the over world. All over the world, yeah. Well, there's a commercial like that, too. You know? Is there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this is actually a, f- a friend of mine. Um, she, she has this crazy, cute little toy. And it's amazing what it, what it does because now the kid can relate to every single area, country, place that the dad has been. Right. Absolutely. So that's a great one. And they even had some cute, soft cuddly commercial about that where uh, dad takes a picture on his trip with the little oh, toy and, and, and sends it home to the child. Or And I've even seen uh, other people send postcards yeah. to their child from every place they that's go right. to. That's mm. right. So there's physical things, those tangibles. Yes. Have them hold on to it. Number four, give your child responsibility because now that mom or dad's gone, yeah. they've got to do a little bit more but not too much so that they resent now that dad's gone. Yeah. I've got to do all this dang stuff. Man, yeah. I hate it. When... So yeah, give them some more. Like, let make it a family meeting. What can we do now that dad's gone? What could you do to take his place? Like take maybe do the, you do the trash. He used to do the trash. Mm-hmm. Could you do that? And then while they're taking out the trash, they're remembering dad. That ritual yeah. reminds them. It ties them to dad. This is what dad did. And now by me doing it, I feel closer to dad. Who's rubbing grandma's feet? <laughs> Dad's gone, so 
Somebody's got to rub grandma's feet. That sounds like you, Billy. You. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's horrible. So, yeah, yeah. So give them some responsibility to feel connected to the person that's gone. I love that. To walk in their shoes for a moment, but not too much they resent it. My mom let me climb on the roof when I was younger. This is true. (laughs) And she, um, not out of love, she just said, you're the man of the house. So I remember at a very young age, I was probably four. um, I was probably 14. But I got our air conditioning working. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got on the roof, cleaned out the air conditioner, got it working, made everything happen. And from then on, I was in charge of the air conditioner. You were the man of the house. I was the house. man of the house. I, that, right. that and when I ate my first Big Mac, those are the two moments that I knew I turned into a man. <laughs> See, and a lot of people, uh, our kids, respond to that. Hey, I am empowered by these extra responsibilities. I can do it. We yeah. can do this for mom or dad, but not to the point where you yeah, break, not you break to exa- them. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if you've uh-huh. got to do grandma's feet and the air conditioner <laughs> and mow the lawn, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to get exhausted. But really having those family meetings and saying, what can we do now that dad's gone that we'd help you know, the home run smoother? Yeah. And everyone step up to the plate. That's Love really it. empowering. That really yeah. is. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Give us uh, number five. Number five, and then we'll take a break. Yeah. Number five, to go along with number four, not too much asking them of too much. Also, don't do too much emotionally dumping uh, um, yeah. because we can dump all this responsibility on them. We can also dump emotionally. This is called parentification mm. where you have no one to turn to. You don't have a partner now. So who am I going to turn to oh, yeah. to tell about my how sad I am and how lonely yeah. it is? You turn to your kids, usually the eldest, and then they become your, your psychologist, and then your they, therapist. And the, yeah, and then they leave home early. That's right, because they're like, get me out <laughs> of here. Mom's, you know, Mom's basket, basket case. Parentification. Yeah, parentification. Don't do it. That'll ruin um, a kid. Yeah, and that happens through divorce as well, where a parent has all all kinds of, you know, anger and fear and anxiety, and then they turn to the one who they feel most confi- they confide in, and that's their child. The child's messed up. Interesting. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Turn them into a parent where they're not emotionally ready for that baggage because they're just a kid. Yeah. You know, they're 14 or whatever. They need to have, be a child still and, to, you know, not have all that baggage yeah. given to them. Well, plus they're already on the roof. <laughs> so the last thing they need is also to be the therapist. Right. Yeah. Just, they're, they're, either, they're either the air conditioning specialist or they're the They therapist. can't be both. They can't be both. Yeah. Yeah. But kids shouldn't know... They shouldn't have to deal with the stress of an adult mm-hmm. when they're 13. Right. That's not their role. Developmentally, that will mess them up. Absolutely. So one of my other points is turn somewhere else and get a support group, yeah. support friends. But that's number that's five good. is to not dump on your kids too much. Um, wow. But let them feel empowered, but not to the point where they're carrying your burdens emotionally and physically. The wise words from Julie K. Nelson, the child whisperer. You can find her uh, website, a spoonfulofparenting.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, an incredible book called Parenting with Spiritual Power. It's also there. Available wherever you'd like to buy it. And by the way, can I just say, uh, Julie K. Nelson is, she is, I don't know if you know this, but she's our top contributor. She fills in when people take bullets and die. He's only trying to butter me up because I came in to sub with an hour's notice. Yeah, and you nailed it. And, yeah. and we're going to come back and you're going to nail it some more. All right. More with Julie Nelson right here on the Matt Townsend Show after this break.
Welcome back, friends. Where have you been? I suffered a little separation anxiety with you being gone. Hey, today we're talking about separation and how we don't have to lose everything just because we're separated. And who better to teach us this than a woman we've been separated from? I think we were actually kindred spirits that were separated at birth. Uh, Her name, Julie K. Nelson. She's the bomb mom, the child whisperer, mother of five children, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She's also, by the way, she has a master's degree in marriage, family, and human development. She teaches applied parenting and marriage and relationship skills at Utah Valley University. Mm-hmm. She's the real deal. And today she's giving us 10 tips for parents when one of the parents kind of has to go away because of their job, like truck driving or because of the military. Yeah, so absolutely. Keep a routine, open communication. Have physical uh, a physical object, something to connect, to tie the child to that parent. Yeah. It's something tangible. Uh, four, give them responsibility, but not too much. And five, no parentification. No parentification, which is where you start treating your child as if they're an adult and you download all the garbage. Yeah, like they're your therapist. Or the responsibilities mm-hmm. or the fears and the concerns. That's right. Good. Yeah. Number six. Okay, so six kind of goes along with the number five. If you're not going to dump on your child, then get with other people. You know, get part of the military system has some great programs out there. Oh, my gosh. Recreational stuff. Get you away from your kids for a while. Get they go to camps and stuff. Go play grown up camp. Yeah. So get with other military families. Not only will be good for you emotionally to connect. I I saw this great thing on the news where these moms were all the the wives of military personnel and they formed this choir. Oh, yeah. And they ended up performing somewhere. What was that? Carnegie Hall or something? And then they performed, I think, like on Ellen or some show like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just at this. they're having a whopping great time sure. together, this connectedness. And so get together. Find find these other That's families. That's why I mean church can uh, – you, you can – if you're not in the military, you can find it. There's social groups. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. But you can't just be alone and just mope. Right. That's my 10th point. So we'll jump to that in mope a minute. Mope with notteth. Mope with, mope with notteth. But six, get with – there's great programs. Get out there. Get involved. And then the kids then f- see kids of other families that look like yours where mm. a parent is gone. Yeah. And so they see that that's normal. It's okay. And they learn how to cope better because they have this support system around them. They relate, that's good. They relate to each other. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than a child feeling like I'm alone in the world and nobody understands me. And can I just suggest mm-hmm. that you do that – I mean – I'd suggest same gender, right? So if you're a wife, go hang out with wives. Mm-hmm. Last thing we need in your absence and the absence of your partner is that you go start sharing with somebody and it and you turn this into a fiasco. That's right. So like I was saying, do the yeah. choir with do all the group, wives. Right. Yeah, or men get together and mm-hmm. go, you know, shoot clay pigeons, whatever it might be. There's coping groups. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. Yeah, and yeah. I would also maybe suggest maybe we don't turn that into you know, a place where we go self-medicate. Because <laughs> I personally would just go to a Dunkin' Donuts group. Yeah. And we just go commiserate with a donut. Uh, seven, 
kind of goes along with number six, but I do like for military families to get the support the military can offer. And then you, number seven, look within your own world and see who can support your family system. So So your extended family is key. Your own friends is key. Get together with church members, with Boy Scouts of America, whatever for your kids to make it as healthy Mm -hmm. of a system as possible. They're going to need some surrogate parents from the other gender that's not there. And so that's what I love about, you know, um, going to Boy Scouts because, you know, the young man can have a, a, you know, a male figure or the girls can have another female figure if they need to have that in Girl Scouts. Church can as well. Leadership in there. And and it goes with you. If you have to move, Mm -hmm. there's scouts everywhere. everywhere. There's churches everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's so... If you can establish yourself in some of these things that are more constant. Mm-hmm. And your your extended family not may not be where you're at. So right. find another surrogate family. That's great. And form these groups. Do a book club, whatever it might be, to start getting those families together. But like my mother-in-law, I was telling you about my, my in-laws who were career military. When her husband went to Vietnam for a year, um, she physically moved because she knew how important it was for that family to have that support system. Oh, yeah. So they were – I don't know where they were living at the time. But she got up and moved and lived with her parents during that year because she knew how important it was yeah. for her to have her parents there and for the kids to have a stable um, – time during that year with their dad being gone. And so she used her parents and it was a very good, a good alternative for them. Even though it up, it was uprooting them, that year was much more stable for but them. But you, you can make a proactive choice. It seems like, you know, we send you away to some far place to go to a base mm-hmm. and then we send you off to war from that base. But you can be proactive and say, we, our family needs something different. Yeah, I need my parents to be here to help us. So for this time, I'm going to go live with Live at home. I mean, be proactive. Don't just take it. Yeah. And and one thing that my mother-in-law said when they were working down in Fort Stewart was that um, on base, t- typically there, it was more single military personnel. Yeah. But the families who we're addressing today lived off base. Yeah. And so go, if you need to, if that's what's right for you, work off base so that you can find a different support system that would be kind of helping your family, yeah. your family system yeah. rather than single. Maybe single. deeper rooted, maybe. Yeah, yeah. More other families that you can get, you know, More help complex, with. too. Because families are complex. Yeah. Yeah. Neighborhoods where kids can hang out with other kids and you can have other adult parents to help you. Well, and that's a warning. If you have a friend or a family that the dad's always away or the mom's always away, Mm -hmm. you could go in and play a really important role. I had a lot of my friend's dads felt like my dad to me. Mm -hmm. They were all like, you're doing what? Yeah. Why are you speeding down that street? If, yeah. Man, if your dad saw that, he'd mm. kill you. Yeah, that's right. So find yeah. those neighborhoods and, and find those people in your life. Um, number eight, to be on the same page parenting your children. Mm. Um, because as we mentioned before, when you are in the military, it tends to be more this dictatorship type thing. Yeah. And so uh, when you are on the same page and having a more balanced approach, then the children don't are not confused um, by who's going to say what, and it's inconsistent, as well as they don't play off of each other. You right. know, because now dad's gone, so oh, I'm yeah. going to get everything I want or Kids whatever. will divide and conquer. Yeah, because see, the mom, whoever's left at home is going to feel guilty yeah. and tired, oh, yeah. plain old tired. Oh, yeah. So they're going to be like, yeah, whatever, get whatever you want, yeah, whatever. And they're not going to be the parent they should be and be consistent when their parenting style while the other one's gone. So, so don't parent from that tired place or from that guilt place. Right. And then when the other one it comes home, Parent as equal as you can. Don't come home and be that sergeant and mm. and have, you know, boot camp at home. Um, so, yeah, definitely that. And then number nine, um, tough, tough one. This is what my mother-in-law said was one of the hardest things. In fact, she said that harder than the leaving 
is the coming home. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great for like a few days. Yeah. But see, the, the one that stayed home, let's say it's the wife, she had to assume a lot more responsibility. And she could have been dang good at it, too. Right. She took over finances, you know, whatever it might be. And then the husband, let's say, is the one that left, can't, comes home, and then he doesn't know where he fits in anymore yeah. because she did it all. Right. And so now he feels like this awkward outsider. The coming home and the restoring him to his role is the hardest thing, she said, in the military. That's Mike Pond was mm-hmm. gone for three weeks. And when he came back, he looked like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> so we've had to reintroduce him yeah. to our world. Yeah. And this is what you do again because yeah. we kind of took over. Yeah. And we don't need you. We kind of edged you out. That's right. And so having the dad feel like he has now can do the finances again and you can give that a back up uh-huh. to him and he can. And you got to be willing to because now all of a sudden you know that you know how it works. There's a lot of controls here. Mm-hmm. It brings you safety. I would even say, though, too, if, if you know he's going to leave again, be very real about the roles. Like, yeah. let's just. Yeah. Let's go slow, but yeah. let's give him some stuff to do. Let's, yeah. you know, he's got to be reintegrated. Yeah, because you did all the disciplining yeah. when he's gone. And then when they come home, the kids come to you all the time. Mom, can I have this? Mom, can I have Sometimes you need to say, wait a minute, wait, there's another person here. Let's talk to dad and see what he thinks and bring him in on the conversation. I don't know. Should the child have a sleepover? Whatever the yeah. issue is, rather than you making all those decisions because oh, you're, so you're so used to it. For, you forget there's someone else that should have a say so. Well, and if you want if you want him to be a part of it, you have to reintegrate. Mm-hmm. If he does, if you don't bring him back in, he'll just opt out. Not because of him, not gender wise. Mm-hmm. If that person doesn't have a place, mm-hmm. they're not going to have a place. They're not, and it's so much harder to get back into that system. So, like you said, they'll just opt out. It's easier just to say, "Okay, I'll just hang around." And, you know, <sighs> kind of say hi once in a uh-huh. while. But the wife's really run, running the show. Well, and she'll, she'll also carry the load. So mm-hmm. you carried the load alone. You had to. Mm-hmm. Now that he's back, if you're going to keep carrying the load, if you're not going to offload the load, mm-hmm. then it's yours. Yeah. So don't just carry the load. Yeah. And so if you had to, by, because he's gone, be willing to say these are the things I took over, but now I'm giving back yeah. and and establishing him uh-huh. back in the place as the head of the home or as equal partners in the home or whatever it is that he needs to feel he has a place again or you're, he's really going to move uh-huh. himself out. Well, and, and yeah. train him up. I mean, so if you found a better way to do the bills, mm-hmm. show him your method. Remember your method. I'd probably write down your method because you're going to need it again in six more months and let him do his method. So it's the ins and outs. That's what she said. The ins and outs are the hardest part. Okay, last one, since we're kind of uh, short on time, is to take care of yourself. Um, She said the worst thing she saw working with all the families that she's grown up with in all the, you know, her years in the military, um, as well as working with these, these families at Fort Stewart was that they just, they just commiserated. They did exactly what you just said. And we know this is ruination for marriages because rather than getting out and being part of the military wives choir or the book clubs or the PTA and, and restoring yourself to who you are and finding hobbies and interests and being an interesting person and going off into the spa, whatever it takes for you to restore yourself. They sit home, feel sorry for the self, and then they turn to online friendships, which turns to what, Matt? Well, online relationships. That's right. Or they turn to Farmville, which (laughs) might even be worse because then they're just, oh, what'd you do today? Well, I brought in the crops (laughs) on Farmville (laughs) on my app. Yeah. I I got to level five on Crystal. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You have to be interesting. Mm -hmm. And if your husband's getting back from um, Afghanistan or if your wife's getting back from the Dakotas, you know, fracking oil, Mm -hmm. then – They've seen stuff. They've heard stuff. They're learning stuff. And 
you got to stay interested. They're in a professional setting 24 right. 7 for six months at a time or whatever it is or, or a month at a time. You got to stay up on your game too. And we can always just go back to, well, but yeah, what am I supposed to learn? I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. But read, study, listen, listen get to excited. books on tapes, get mm-hmm. out of the home, yeah. get dressed. I mean, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself and don't turn to, I'm so miserable, woe is me, because she saw that that turned themselves into this vulnerable person who then up having relationships with oh, other yeah. people. Oh, yeah. And that's the, that's the worst thing. That's the ruination. And that's Ugh. what we want to avoid with, with these kids who need to have stable parents who are mature and make the right decisions because the parents chose the military, the kids did not. That's right. So if you're choosing military, Never complain about your situation in your station life. You chose it. That's so right. be the parent. Love it. Be the adult and make the right choices for mm. your kids. Mm. That's it. Okay. Child Whisperer. That's why you've got that title. <laughs> that. I'm, not, I'm not whispering. I was getting very, very upset. I know. <laughs> Just there for a and, and be the, the parent. No, that was the child screamer. <laughs> that doesn't sound as good, does it? Uh, Julie Nelson, go check out her website, a spoonful of parenting.com. By the way, she prepared all of that on one hour. And no internet. My internet's down. Yeah. Well, you know. Ugh. So you these gotta, are my scribbled down notes. It looked great. You nailed it. That's what a professional sounds like. Uh. Right there. <laughs> Julie Nelson, a spoonful of parenting. We're going to take a break and come back. When we come back, we're going to play the who knows who game. And maybe not. We're just going to probably chat it out, work it through. I was just, I was just updated. We're going to talk about bacon that's next on the matt townsend show right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio Welcome back, friends. Hey, I know it's been a little while. I hope you didn't feel any separation anxiety not being with us. Today we're on the show. We're talking about separation. And, you know, you don't have to lose everything just because you can't be together. We, Julie hasn't been here for weeks. Uh, Marcus Pond hasn't been here for weeks. <laughs> and we haven't lost much. So we wanted to play a game. I, I don't know how I'm it, insulted. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, you miss me terribly. Say it. I mi- I did miss you terribly, but we're still close. Okay. We didn't. You didn't die. Okay. All right. You didn't die, did you? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. So we like to. We want to play a game, and uh, we had one game plan. We and Sean came up with another game. Well, we, that involves we had to change bacon. things around a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Sean can always find a game with bacon. Of course. Because everything's better with bacon. Let me just tell you that. Actually, oh, not amen. everything. Not everything. Okay. What's not better with bacon? Um, what's not better with bacon? Crisco. Oh, no. Crisco would be better with bacon. <laughs> no, you just smother some Crisco on some bacon? Well, I would have the bacon fried, of course. Mm, fried bacon. This is sounding uh-huh. really good, Sean. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so do this. I made vegetables last night, grilled in the oven with bacon on top and oh, cheese. Oh, yes. Oh, it was to die for. Why on earth oh. would you eat a vegetable? With bacon if, on top? Because even why better. not? Yeah. Well, doesn't it nullify the vegetable benefit? <gasps> it just enhances mm-hmm. all those delicious flavors. Oh, man. Well, that's the, how you get kids to eat their vegetables. Vegetable, yeah. But the bacon so we're bacon. talking about, unfortunately, is not the uh, oh. 
Okay. The, the cured meat. Oh, wait a second. What? I know this bacon. What bacon yes, are we talking do. about? Is this Kevin bacon? This is Kevin bacon. I knew it. Oh, We're talking loose. about separation. Come on. Oh, six degrees of separation. Exactly. Ba-doo. There was okay. a whole movie made on this. Come on. This is fun. Okay. But where, do, where does the theory come from? Let's do a, a little bit of history before we get into yeah. the little Teach game Teach us here. the theory of the Baconator. Well, actually, it comes from, it goes all the way back to 1929. Well, Kevin Bacon's not that old. No, he's not. But there was a Hungarian author by the name of something or other. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this guy's uh, name. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Frigyes Karinti. <laughs> okay. He published a, a series of short stories, and he posited in this story called Chains Ooh. that two people hmm. in a, um, a U.S.-sized population at the time, 1929, obviously, Yeah. That uh, great physical distances between the globe's individuals and the growing density of human networks made the actual social distance far smaller. Hmm. This was all pre-Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is 1929, Which actually. makes it even smaller. Now we have way. no degrees of separation. Right. Yeah. Well, pretty close. So in 1961, actually, at the uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT, mm-hmm. uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Michael Gurevich... Uh, and I don't know where he's from, but uh, he actually did an experiment to see if this was true. Okay. And they predicted, actually, that there was only three degrees of separation that existed across a ah. U.S.-sized population at the time. Interesting. Okay. But even better, now that we have all of this technology, mm-hmm. the folks at um, Microsoft, they have a little thing called... Messenger? Yes. Well, they studied 30 billion electronic conversations among among 180 million people in various countries, and this was in the Washington Post. Oh, this is scary what they can do. Mm-hmm. And the database covered all the Microsoft Messenger instant messaging network in June of 2006. This story came out in, in 2009, and they actually found that the six degrees that's postulated in the title Six Degrees of Separation yes. is accurate. <gasps> so they looked at the minimum chain link lengths it would take to connect 180 billion different pairs of users in, in their database, and they found that the average million. length was huh. 6.6 hops. That has to be million, 180 million, right? Yeah, billion. No, 180 billion. Users? Different pairs of users. Oh, I'm going to say mm. there's only 7 billion people on the planet. Right. No, this is different <laughs> pairs of Thank users. You, uh, Someone's thinking. That's why they're doing the, the studies, data. boys. And yeah. 78% <laughs> of the pairs could be connected in seven steps or fewer. Okay. And some some did take as many as 29 steps. What, what When does Footloose come into this? Right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it is postulated that movie stars... Uh, Kevin Bacon has made so many different movies. Sure. That you you can you can't find uh, a celebrity that is less or more than six degrees separated from Kevin Bacon. Oh, that's cool. Okay, Ooh. now I get it. So, so what do you need to know? Well, let's look up some movie stars. Mm-hmm. I got one for you. Okay, this is a challenge. Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. You, you know he's dead, right? Wait, yes. what? Yeah, he died. He. He died. I don't okay, know, so years Fred Astaire. Later. By the way, this this uh, website I'm looking at is the Oracle of Bacon. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> and Fred Astaire has I a bacon number that. of two. What? Two. Wow. Fred, Fred Astaire. Astaire. Okay, here you go. Fred Astaire. Here's the chain. Yeah. Fred Astaire was in the Towering Inferno. Oh yeah, that that 
with Robert Wagner, who was in Wild Things in 1998 with Kevin Bacon. Oh, my Jeez. Man. I would have not guessed that Fred Astaire was only two degrees of bacon yes. away. Two degrees of bacon. Two yeah. degrees of bacon. Mm. That's what we're calling it. All right. Who's next? Julie Kay. Well, I was going to say Matt Townsend because he's kind of a celebrity. I did look that up. That is celebrity. He's my favorite celebrity. Yeah, he's mine too. And there is a degree of separation. One degree? A? Uh, No. There's six. Matt Townsend has a bacon number of three. Oh. Unfortunately, this is not the Matt Townsend that's sitting in the room with you. I'm like, I didn't know. (laughs) Oh, it's a different one. Who's, uh, but who, who, what's his, what are his three? There's another Matt Townsend running around. Yeah, there's another Matt Townsend. Uh Uh, He was Matt Townsend number four. Mm-hmm. He's the fourth Matt Townsend on IMDb. Uh, he was in a movie called Breaking the Bank oh, yeah. with Jill Buchanan, who was in Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit with George Nikoloff, who was in X-Men First Class with Kevin Bacon. Wow. Is that one of your pseudonyms that so you can actually do like, have a film career yeah. as well? Is Matt, Matt Townsend. One, two, three, four. <laughs> four, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now on my fifth iteration of Matt Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> this one I'm going to nail, though. This one I'm going to nail it. Uh, okay, I've got one. Jimmy Fallon, my Let's favorite Jimmy? talent on earth right now. Fallon. Of course, next to all of you. Of course. Of course, next to Julie. Yeah. Ah. Jimmy num- Fallon. Number two. Really? Of he has course. a bacon number of two. Jimmy well, Fallon. He's met everybody. Well, Jimmy That's Fallon true. was in the movie called Dougal mm. with William H. Macy, who was in Murder in the First with Kevin Bacon. Oh, man. How, okay. about, how about Julie Andrews? All righty. Let's look up Julie. Oh, boy. That's going to be really That's gonna be really high. Yeah. I'm guessing five. Yeah, I'll bet she'll be a fiver. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Come on. Uh, Julie Andrews has a bacon number of two. Oh. Because Julie this? Andrews was in The Princess Diaries <clears throat> with Tracy Reiner, who was in Apollo 13 with Kevin Bacon. Okay, I've got one. It's because Julie Andrews did all these modern movies as well as the old yeah, Exactly. Okay, here's mm-hmm. another one. This is this one's going to be tricky, and I want you guys to see if you can figure out why. Okay. Give me the bacon factor uh-huh. of Elmer Fudd. Well, he's only in animated films. Don't ever say only. <laughs> it's Elmer Fudd. You do Bugs no, Bunny there's next. No, there's no Elmer Fudd. Sorry. Okay. See, that's where that. This is the breakdown. Okay, let's try this one. Elmer's pure bacon. Elmer's he's a pig pure... for crying out loud. No, he's not. Elmer Fudd. That's Porky Pig. A Porky Pig. <laughs> Search him. Yeah, Elmer's not. Yeah, he was a. Elmer's hunter, yeah. not a pig. He but was... it is but... a common known fact that Elmer Fudd loves bacon. Mm-hmm. So really? yeah. Okay, I got a question for All you. All right, how about Where's Charlie Elmer Ch- Fudd's pants? Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> he wears them. Yeah. Elmer does? <laughs> yep, he sure does. Okay. He has pants. Says Porky Pig doesn't. How about Charlie Chaplin? Okay. What's oh. Charlie Chaplin's bacon number? A two. It is. Oh, everyone's, a, two. everyone's yeah. a two. Everybody that's a star is a two. Charlie Chaplin was in a movie called A Countess from Hong Kong in 1967 with yeah. Tippi Hedren. Who was in a movie called Jane Mansfield's Car in 2012 with Kevin Bacon? See, this just goes to show that Hollywood is all connected and they're, all, they're all messed up. <laughs> it also goes because to show they're only two degree separation from each other and they're giving each other some kind of disease. I don't and, know that they're all messed up, but a yeah, lot of a them. A lot of them. You can also, if you can name your kid contagion, there's contagion. You can name your kid anything. Yeah. Yeah. that's it. We're out of here. Okay, I've got a quote for you. You ready? Here's a great quote. I'm going to separate from you. Okay, separation. Stars can't shine. Without darkness. 
You can't notice them. You won't notice them without darkness, which means sometimes when we have to separate, it's going to create some darkness. Mm-hmm. But it's your chance to shine. It's your chance to show how brilliant, how gorgeous, how talented you are. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Again, back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about budgets, how to keep them, plus why it's, uh, you know, it's so important to keep your finances healthy and strong for a healthy relationship. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Back again tomorrow. More ideas, more fun right here on BYU Radio.